Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 56th dose, and it's called Introducing Tarot. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to share some magic in the real world with you. I think there's so many amazing, mysterious, wonderful, interesting things happening in the intersection between our psychological or spiritual well-being and the physical world and how those kind of influence each other. And so some of that is what I explore here. Lately, I've also been talking about relationships and what I've learned from them because they are one of the greatest sources of real magic to me. And I'm making this particular episode because I have made a Magic for Realists tarot deck. And it's been a long time coming, and I'm really proud of it, and I want to tell you about it. And then I'm also going to do a kind of like a live tarot card reading, so you can see kind of how I do, or hear how I do this. Yeah, and this episode will make more sense if you also see the visuals for it. So, yeah, you can find those either on the website, magicforrealists.ca, to look at pictures of these tarot cards, uh, or also on Instagram, magicforrealists. Uh, I, on Instagram, I'll post the, the specific cards that I draw during the second part, which will be the tarot card reading. Uh, but first off, I just want to also say happy solstice! In Canada, where I live, we're in the Northern Hemisphere, so it's summer solstice. Though I gotta say, it has been so cold and wet this June. The joke is that it's January. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't feel like summer. It's like everything is very green because there's been so much rain. But it is like, I still wear my down jacket. I still wear my insulated long johns when I'm camping. (laughs) Like, yeah, I was, it's, it's cold. Uh, when it, the sun happens to come out, it's very, very welcome, but it has not been very sunny. So it's been an odd mixture of like really long daylight hours, like at 1030, it's still residually light uh, and it's like bright again by five. Uh, but it's been not, not warm. So it's been an interesting, interesting season. And if you're in the Southern hemisphere, this would be your winter solstice. So I just wanted to send greetings for this sort of shifting time of the year that marks the the longest or the shortest amount of daylight. And uh, also to acknowledge, I haven't made one of these in a while. It's been like almost a month. And that's because there's been a lot of both a combination of shifts in my personal life and I've been spending a lot of my creative energy on physical projects, making magic capes, which there's an episode about previously. So I haven't had or haven't chosen to put as much energy towards this podcast. And I just, I'm noticing that. So actually, when I do the tarot card reading in a little bit, I'm going to do it about the podcast. Because one of the things I use tarot for is to gain or clarify insights about something that's happening for me in my life or inside me. And tarot is an ancient, I guess it would probably be classified as a divination tool, but I don't see it as something that is like predictive of the future so much as 
uh, kind of holding up a a metaphorical or like archetypal mirror for us to explore our own psyches through. So it's it's a series of 78 cards. There's a section usually considered at the beginning called the Minor Arcana, and it is a 21 card, kind of like a story. It's similar to like an epic hero's journey. It starts off with the classic fool card, and there's lots of archetypes like a priestess and a hermit and uh, the sun and the moon and the world uh, are to name a few. And the, the arc of that journey to describes different archetypes that we might encounter in our life journey. So those cards each have one figure and, and typically a tarot deck looks like a little bit bigger than playing cards and has pictures on most of it with a title at the bottom usually. Uh, and the pictures are the representation of these symbols. So there's a pretty standard classic tarot deck called the Rider Waite. It's a hyphenated name that would be kind of like the King James Bible for tarot. Like it's just been around for ages. It's very classic pictures. And, but from there, sort of like different translations, lots of people have made their own interpretation and like spin-off or artistic rendition of these same symbols. Sometimes the cards and the names stay the same as the classic ones, and sometimes the names also shift. The second part of a tarot deck is the suits, which are similar to a classic like playing cards deck. There's four suits, and they also sometimes have different names. I call them uh, by what I think are the most common names, um, which are cups, wands, pentacles, and swords. Sometimes the pentacles are called discs. Uh, so there, you can imagine one of them, the symbol looks like, kind of like goblets often for cups. Wands looks often like kind of staffs or sticks, sometimes with sprouting leaves on them. Pentacles Classically are like a gold coin, sometimes with a like five-pointed star on it. And the swords look like simple metal swords. And each of those suits has uh, like one to ten. And then, oh, I'm just blanking for a second. And then four court cards, same as a typical card deck. And one of the things I've played with in my rendition of tarot cards is the names for the court cards. So in a classic tarot deck, it the, the court cards for each of those suits was called page, knight, king, and queen. But uh, page and knight are very, like have a masculine connotation and were always masculine pictures. And then the king and queen is also very gendered. So I've changed those in my deck uh, to kind of update it to be child for page, like a young energy, knight to adolescent, a, a vibrant kind of starting to come of age. And then the king card I've changed to yang and the queen card to yin. Because one of the things tarot describes is these sort of masculine and feminine energies as a way to talk about 
different polarities of action and receptivity that we experience in life and relationships. And usually in the classic traditional tarot deck, the, the male figures are masculine energies and the female bodies are female energies. And, but I've kind of like played with that. I've tried to honor the original kind of energetic nature of the cards and how they feel. Because though I, I still feel that difference in energies that we experience in the world, but I don't think that it's like divided, like masculine bodies are, or male bodies are all masculine or female bodies are all feminine. Uh, I think we're a lot more fluid and um, all contained in that. So there's more fluidity in the in the pictures. And grammatically, I've in the guidebook, I've chosen the contemporary they them pronouns for the singular gender neutral characters. And then, as I said, I turned the king to yang and the queen to yin, which is a way of uh, talking about the, those energies without like assigning a gender. So I am excited about that update. I think it's an improvement in the tarot and it was uh, fun to work with. And just a little bit more about how I use the tarot. So as I said, to me, it's like a, a way of reflecting on our own psyches and what's happening. Um, I think I like because the the symbol the pictures are rich in in symbols and have a lot of different things going on. I enjoy where my mind kind of wanders with associations of the imagery. And I think very basically like looking at tarot is only helpful like if it's helpful. That's the most basic way I can say it. Like if you're playing with this or you get a reading from somebody and you see something that you're like this isn't this isn't helpful like I don't get it then like seriously don't worry about it uh but you may see something or hear something that's like oh wow that really like something to this speaks to my situation and that capacity that we have as humans to make meaning out of symbols is so fascinating and amazing to me and it's like by looking at these rich symbols both rich in history and in layers of meaning, it causes me to look at my situation maybe from a different angle or maybe with a different depth and, and, and wonder about, say if I pull a card that would be like the magician and maybe I was, uh, so usually when you do a tarot reading, you have kind of like a question or a, a subject matter that you think about and then you pick a card without looking at the card like just from the neutral backs you pick a card related to your question and I don't think you need to like believe quote in in some some other power that's working there maybe there is maybe your worldview includes that but even if it's just a freaking deck of cards with cool pictures on it you're going to draw some random card and then your brain is going to make these connections between the question you asked and the picture you see. So if I drew the magician card, then I would start wondering like, oh, where, where am I being like a magician in this scenario? Or where would I wish to be more of a magician? Or is somebody else being a magician? What does it mean to be a magician? How would that energy be helpful to me? That whole sort of ramble is to me what the gift of tarot is. 
um, to unlock questions and, and insights within our own psyches. And because it's primarily symbolic, like visual instead of written, it can kind of work around some of the ruts that we may have been stuck thinking in or, or analyzing in um, by being, you know, by, by speaking to the symbolic part of us, to the archetypal part, to the part that like dreams and feels and enjoys and, and understands symbols that are often more nuanced and like, and multifaceted than words. Yeah. And tarot can be played like just by, by yourself, um, which is how I usually do it. Like I'm just, I just spend a little bit of time thinking about a question and pulling some cards. And sometimes I journal about it afterwards, just what I noticed from my reflections. Uh, there's also like a tarot card reading where somebody who is more uh, maybe experienced with the tarot or has uh, intuitive or psychic abilities would be the reader and somebody, I guess a client would sit down with them and they would do a reading together. And so this, I offer this as a thing I do with these decks. Um, I don't, I don't claim to be psychic. Uh, and as I said, I don't think that the, uh, the basic use of the tarot is even about predicting the future. Um, it seems like it could get weird that way, (laughs) but I think, um, it can offer us insights into our current psyche. And as somebody who, uh, has worked with these symbols for a long time now, probably like more than 10 years, uh, I have a sense of some of the layers of meaning of the symbols and I'm intuitive and perceptive. So working with somebody else, um, you know, having their question and then together, like pulling the cards and and like discussing or sort of uncovering what the intersection of the symbols and their insights might be is um, a beautiful process, I find. I, I hesitate to say how like mystical it's been sometimes. Like I still that still doesn't seem to be the thing that I want to talk about because I feel like it's the weirdest and the most like woo woo strange. Um, But I have had uncanny experiences where the cards that I pull for myself, like out of a random deck of 78 cards are like amazingly appropriate. And that that has also happened when I've done a reading with somebody else. And I don't spend a lot of time thinking about how that works, (laughs) but I enjoy it when it happens. Yeah. Um, So what I'd like to do now is, oh, wait, I want to tell you a little bit more about how, sort of like how to play, um, which I've alluded to. Uh, So I suggest when you're playing with this deck or any deck, you kind of set a little bit of a sacred space. So do something special with the area that you're in to make it just a moment. Like it does not have to be elaborate. I'm all about like magic for realists. Like, let's make it realistic and like not overcomplicated. So some just sense of like, okay, this is, this is a little bit of special time. Uh, so I'm sitting in my studio. Uh, I've got actually the way I set the stage this time. 
This gives you an idea of how flexible I am with my um, ritual space. I've made myself a really nice snack plate. It's like over to my right. Sometimes I have uh, find it challenging to eat regularly, especially if I feel like there's a lot like emotionally going on for me, then eating is tricky. Uh, but I'm feeling today really, really grateful and really full. And um, like, like spiritful. And, and so I want to like, also honor my physical body today and eat some good food. So it feels like the most sacred thing I could do today was like, buy some really delicious food that I love and make sure to eat it. <laughs> so I have a delicious snack plate waiting for me on the right, which I can't eat while doing this because it would be too noisy. But that is my sacred space setting for today. I'm at a beautiful round table. And uh, so then you shuffle the cards and they have like a, uh, the back of them is all the same, like a deck of playing cards. So you shuffle them while thinking about the inquiry or the question or the subject you want to explore. And then uh, you pull a card. Some people just sort of like wait for one to fall out of the deck. Some people sort of like hover their hand across it. I just kind of fan the, the deck out and then choose one. And it's this subtle feeling of like, ah, okay, this one. I seriously don't overthink it. I don't feel like fireworks going off in my hand. I just, it's like the subtlest feeling of like, hmm, okay, how about this one? Like it's random, but it's a little bit felt. Uh, and then you can do like several of those. In the guidebook that I've made, I give some suggested spreads, like some ways to ask questions and pull different cards. So for example, one would be like a general update. So you could have the question, what's going on here? Thinking of a specific situation. Um, what's the blockage and what to focus on. Um, and in the guidebook for each card, there's a little explanation that gives the gist of the energy and the symbol. And then there's two insights at the bottom that are meant to be read aloud, like as a sort of a statement or a question that we read aloud to ourselves. And one of them is more geared towards like, if it's something if that card is something that you're leaning into as far as the question, or if it's something that's kind of like a block. Because I find it helpful to kind of ask questions in that way, like, yeah, what, what might be blocking me in this scenario? And what, what should I like lean towards or what's helpful? So the, there's one for each of those in the guidebook. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's important if we play with other people to not be like prescriptive and like tell them for sure what this means and like direct their life. <laughs> Not at all. I think it's like really similar to like dream interpretation to, to discuss something and to ponder the symbols. And if I was to, to offer insight to somebody else, I, I, I frame it gently. Like this is what I, what I perceive going on here. Or if, if I had drawn this card, I would take it to mean like that kind of framing and yeah that's really my intention with this deck that I made is for it to be helpful and fun and connective to ourselves and each other and the mysteries of the world and so I really hope that people use it in that spirit and um and enjoy it 
it's also very colorful. So the, as you'll see, if you look at pictures of it, the, uh, yeah, the backs of the cards are kind of like a colorful mosaic and the symbols for each of the special, like the unique symbols are colorful and have like faded colors around the border. I made each of these cards physically as a collage, like about a eight and a half by 11 inch collage, like with paper cutting out by hand, all but with scissors. It was the first big project they worked on in this studio space starting a year ago. And yeah, 78 cards is a lot of collages. So there was like magazines and pictures and books and clippings all over the floor <laughs> for a long time. And the the pictures I'm I I really delight in that the the symbolic pictures also have like a tonal quality to them of colors. So when you look at for example the suit of wands, they're all kind of like red earthy orange tones both in the border and then like the picture within it has not that everything in it is that tone, but it has sort of like, that's the dominant tone. So if you spread out the cards, they make kind of like a color wheel, which absolutely delights me as somebody who enjoys color. Uh, and I've never seen a deck like this before. So yeah, I think they're really unique and playful and I hope that people really enjoy working with them. And the, they could also just be like creative inspiration. Like if you were trying to say like practice writing poetry, you could just pull a random card and then try and write a poem about this picture because they're they're interesting and they're quirky and um, they they could just they could open a lot of creative juices. I think just by looking at them and pondering them. So I'd like to do a tarot reading about the podcast because. As I said, I haven't done one in a while, and I'm feeling a little bit unclear about kind of where I want to take this next. I, I noticed that in the first part of this podcast, I had more of a focus on the kind of like physical things that had helped me um, about small spaces or about uh, how to be grounded. And there was kind of like a practical tips sort of element to it. And then more recently, I had a series talking about what I've learned uh, in relationships. And I found that um, a bit edgy, like a bit vulnerable to share, but also deeply like rewarding as far as feeling like I was offering something like really helpful and useful. And the feedback I got from that was really beautiful and um, affirmative. And I guess I'm like not done on either of those subjects. Uh, and I, I still find the intersection of like what's going on in my personal life and how to share that or when to share that um, probably the most challenging aspect of this because the things that are most present to me and what I'm learning are like very current and personal. And I don't know what the, I sometimes don't know both for myself and the other people that I'm close to how, like, how I want to land this as far as like the public sharing of that. Anyways, so I feel a little bit like I don't know if I'm going to have a focus for this in, like over the summer, uh, if I'm going to take a break, if I'm, I just, I feel a little bit like, oh, I could use some insight on what I want to do about this. Um, yeah, and what, what to focus on. So I'm going to do a tarot reading about the podcast. 
I've got the cards here. I'm going to shuffle them. And as I shuffle them, I usually just have a bit of gratitude. Like, wow, this is fun. You get to have a little exploration. And I'm thinking about, about the podcast, about these questions. And just open to insights about what what I sort of might know in some layer of myself, but haven't yet put into words. Uh, I'm open to that from these pictures. So now I spread them out and I'm thinking of the first question, which will be just a general, like, what is going on with the podcast? What is like the present state, the sort of situation? What is happening with the podcast? So I've picked a card and I put it face down on the table. So I like to pick my usually three cards first before I turn them over. And now I'm curious, the second card I'm going to pull is about what to kind of move away from. So like what, what to let go of or what to not focus on kind of like, yeah, what to move away from in regards to this podcast. So I picked another card for that. And I sort of put them in a triangle, remembering which one's which. And the last card I'm going to pull is about what to go towards, what to lean into, what to focus on regarding this podcast. So now I've picked a card for that one. Put the other cards aside. And now I turn over the cards. So I'll turn over them one at a time. The first one, the general what's going on with the podcast. Ooh, (laughs) Oh God, sometimes I have this reaction when I see these cards. So, because some of them are like really powerful symbols. Um, This one is the Three of Swords. It's a gray tones uh, picture with three swords like stabbing into a heart. It is the classic symbol for heartache, heartbreak. Yeah, it's very um, epic. And it's interesting because this card came up recently in a reading with somebody. Yeah, that was just a, it was a profound moment. So I often notice those connections too of like when I last saw the card. Sometimes a card will like keep showing up like more than statistic probability, like in a sort of period of my life. Um, so when I see this one and I think about the podcast, I, I think, yeah, actually that's, that's kind of why I haven't been making these podcasts is because I've been feeling, my heart has been like rearranged. Um, yeah, it's been sore. Uh, and so from that place, I haven't known exactly what to say. I'd like to read you the guidebook insight about the, this card, the three of swords. Let me just find it here. Okay. The Three of Swords is a striking epic card. It classically represents heartbreak or even multiple betrayals. This energy feels stormy, icy, wounding. There is a power in naming the pain and an invitation to feel the universality of heartbreak. Welcome to the tender human experience. Hearts are muscles after all and can grow back stronger and more flexible. Yeah, I feel that so much right now. All of that. I feel the 
the universality, like, wow, almost everybody has gone through probably multiple heartbreaks, romantic or otherwise. And I also feel the resilience of my heart, like how it has changed over the years to handle and respond to disappointment and change and what I might have maybe called betrayal before, how it, I respond differently now. And it feels really, I feel so grateful for the, I feel so grateful for the love in my life, for the lovers in my life, for the love I have experienced. Um, yeah, it feels like I have a strong and still open heart. Like it's, there's so many different things you can do with heartache and I feel um, amazed that my heart is stronger and like it's doing great (laughs) like there's really sore spots but like it's not a disaster um yeah when I see this card I feel like yeah that is what's going on or the the part of that that is what's going on with the podcast is that I haven't known what to talk about as shifts in my personal relationships change uh so the then the next two insights in the guidebook the one question for kind of leaning towards would be what can I do to honor my heart in this painful situation and I guess I've already done that by just not doing a podcast when I don't feel like it and the second one is is there a way in which I'm overindulging this drama am I stronger than I'm letting on uh Okay, the second card is for what to sort of move away from. And it is the Adolescent of Swords. So this is now the second swords I've pulled in this. It's also a gray-toned card. And it's a sort of young or like young energy figure. There's an airplane. There's a sword. It's all gray tones. It has this kind of adolescent energy is like often has a lot of action. Uh, and swords as a suit are about sort of decisiveness and uh insight they're often kind of like a mental the mental suit because each suit has like a theme uh this would end like a um an energy so in the suit of swords they would be like an archetypal masculine suit associated with the element of air and it's like logical straightforward the swords can be considered to like cut through illusions to the truth of the matter. Uh, but then the adolescent is like a young, not fully developed energy. So here's the little blurb from the guidebook that I wrote. The adolescence of swords is ready to act quickly. There is a leather and jeweled feel to this am- ambitious celebrity. The fast thinking adolescent combines the power of youth and action with the intellectual prowess of swords. This power is jet-setting, able to change worlds quickly. This character is learning their way around the world. And because I pulled this card in the kind of move away from position, I focus on the second insight, which is, how am I holding my power in an awkward and immature way? (laughs) That feels a little bit embarrassing. Um, So when I think of how to move away from this energy in regards to the podcast, it feels like, it it causes me to wonder if I might do less of them and put more planning in 
or more like preparation. Uh, because the, in this first year and a bit of making these, there was kind of like an impulsiveness to it of like in a given week, just wanting to talk about what I wanted to talk about and like not, not thinking it out for like weeks ahead or not really like fully developing it per se. So this makes me wonder if it's going to feel good to do less of less episodes, but more, um, more thoughtful maybe. And I noticed like there was a few recent episodes I did with, um, like the one about what I've, uh, doors to polyamory, I think it was called, um, where I like, I, I chewed it. I mean, that was like years in the making, but I chewed it over a lot. I like had a big piece of paper with notes on it in front of me. Like it was more, yeah, more planned and maybe I, I mean, I'm curious to hear what, what you think, um, maybe like richer as a result. So this card makes me wonder about, yeah, doing a bit more planning. Okay. And the third card is about what to lean towards with the podcast. Whoa. Interesting. Okay. This, this card's called judgment and it's in the major arcana. So in that like epic story arc and, uh, the word judgment it's, well, let me just read you the, um, the little blurb. It's not about like judging others. Uh, here's what I say. Eventually there comes a time of reckoning the trumpet blast cosmic hand, or just the end of a good day. Judgment can be seen as dangerous and divisive. However, there is a form of accounting that is necessary and liberating. Judgment could be a cause for celebration or dismay. Listen, and the trumpet sound in your heart will tell you which. So that last line, for example, the trumpet sound, the, the image has like classically has a, a trumpet. In my case, it's a saxophone. But often the, the little bits in here that I'm reading you make a lot more sense if you see the picture. Like it's also, it's very much speaking to the imagery. And then the insight at the bottom is, congratulations are in order. Now is the time for me to take stock and throw a party. Uh, yeah, I guess when I, when I see this card and I think about the podcast, I feel like, oh, it's okay to like look back and celebrate that I have made 56 of these and I've enjoyed them and they've been well received and just like rest in that for a little bit and not be, not be so frantic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of when I see this. So there's like an end, not an ending, because I hope to keep doing these, but there's a kind of like end of the day feeling like a, yeah, taking stock, looking back, assessing the situation, judging it in that way. And feels like that's kind of what I am doing now by making this tarot reading. Yeah. Okay. So that's the end of that. I usually, one of the quirks I do is I put the, the cards I've drawn from one particular session, like this one, I put them the opposite way in the deck until I pull the cards out next time, just to sort of like let them linger for a while. I don't know if anybody else does that, but yeah. Uh, I would be happy to answer any of your questions about tarot. If you have any, if you, yeah, as I said, want to see pictures, go to magicforrealists.ca or my Instagram. If you want to do a tarot card reading with me, either remotely or in person, that would be really fun. Uh, and I sell these decks. They are art I'm really proud of having made and would love to share with you. 
And they're also an experiment for me in having um, like income where I, I put a lot of work in at first to make all of these. And then they were like print, like a bunch of them got printed. So when you order one, I've already put the work in like over the last year and I don't, I don't have to make something new in the moment. And that's, that's a new like phenomenon of how to share my art. And I'm interested to see how it goes. It was also the, the biggest like financial investment I've made in a project because of that element of like having worked on it for ages before I could sell it and um, also buying, like printing off a lot of them at once. So it's also, yeah, it's a new phase for me in sharing art this way. So those two ways to get in touch are also great ways to um, order one. If you'd like a set for yourself or somebody else, I'd be super pleased to send it to you. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being on this journey with me and happy solstice. And I'm wishing you magic in the real world. Bye for now.